Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted to sample the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, your life improvement series starts now. Hello, hello, Heal Squad. Welcome back. Hope you're having a great day wherever you are in this beautiful world. It's going to be a great day because we have a great show lined up for you guys, and we're going to learn so much. And when you know better, you get better. You know that. And we're doing it together. But we're going to start with our quote of the day. Lighthouses don't go running all over an island looking for boats to save. They just stand there shining. And that is from Anne Lamont, who you will be hearing from today on this All-Star episode. But first, friends, Macy's has been a long time supporter of our show. They continue to support us and we're so grateful. And thank you guys because you have made us um, so successful for them. And so they are helping us keep the lights on even longer. So thank you for using our links. I have all my favorite things on macy's.com forward slash heel squad. Put a lot of the baby stuff I've been using that's been helpful. So if you have a new baby or if you have someone in your life you want to buy something for, I put my favorites on there as well as all the fashion and home stuff. And so check it out when you have a chance. Um, If you buy anything using that link, we get credit for it. So thank you for doing that as well. Little side note, Athena's doing great. FYI, we're having the time of our lives with her. She is, oh my gosh, she's getting so big. Nat, it's so funny, actually, I was looking at pictures when she first came home. She was like a little teeny burrito. Now her legs are dangling off of us when we're holding her and I'm just like dying. Anyway, we are obsessed with her. But I'm also obsessed with today's episode, and I'm really glad to hear that you guys are loving our All-Star episodes because we're really loving them as well. So today on Heel Squad All-Stars, we discover how harnessing vulnerability vulnerability can carve paths of resilience, growth, and empowerment. We embark on a journey of self-discovery with three incredible guests who have embraced vulnerability as a catalyst for change. First up, Vishen Lakiani, the visionary behind Mind Valley. Next is Anne Lamott, a best-selling author whose words have touched hearts worldwide. And last but not least, Lewis House, the acclaimed host of The School of Greatness. 
Let's uncover the transformative power of vulnerability together and pave the way for a future filled with resilience, authenticity, and limitless possibilities, friends. I think that when you're focused on a healing or something like that, you can, you know, be more patient with an hour long meditation because you're really focused on doing something that's going to take a little bit more effort. But I I think most people, 15 minutes is already hard. 15 minutes is hard, but here's what what you got to know about it. The methods that I suggest in the sixth phase, the 15 minutes that you spend will probably give you an extra one to two hours that day. I agree. Because of the benefits in your brain cognition, mm-hmm. if you're working that day, your work is going to be so much more productive. I've I know seen if it. I skip my, my sixth phase, I'm not going to be able to work as effectively. I'm not going to be able to get as much done. Mm-hmm. This optimizes yourself. Just like you need to take your car for a tune-up, this tunes up your, your being. And so you do your best work. And that happens in phase four, five, and six. That's what happened to me after I started meditating. I was like, I have so much more free time. Right. Because you're not moving in a fog and you're not moving in confusion. You're not overwhelmed. You're you're clearer. So everything happens faster and easier. And I was like, I'm getting up at the same time. And somehow I have an extra hour in the morning. How is this right. happening? So I, I know that that's possible and that that happens. So phase three. So phase three is unfuck with ability. Nice. And what that means is that you're at peace and centered in terms of who you are. This, another word for this quality is equanimity. Okay, I love that word. Equanimity is to be peaceful within a storm. Equanimity is the quality that monks possess. And unfuckwithability means that criticism, people who are negative towards you, people who have hurt you in the past, you are done with that. You've forgiven them. It no longer, you no longer carry the weight of that trauma. So it's a very useful way for removing trauma that you may be carrying with you. But it also means that you are, you love yourself and you're secure in yourself enough that you don't have that neediness where you need constant recognition. You need someone to constantly appreciate you. And that's really healthy in relationships because neediness disappears. So how do you become unfuckwithable? Through the practice of forgiveness. Now, this was studied at Dave Asprey's 40 Years of Zen and also studied at uh, Dr. Jim Hart's BioCybernaut Institute. Both of these institutes measure the brainwave states of monks and then repattern those brainwave states in um, a meditator's brain. It's an expensive protocol. It's using advanced biofeedback therapies. It costs around 15 grand at both institutes. And I've, I've done some great work there. But what they found is that if you want to replicate the brainwave states of a monk, and for, for brainwave geeks out there, this means left-right brain coherence and high alpha amplitude, the number one way is forgiveness. Mm. Okay, forgiveness. Now, I remember when I was at the Biosavonaut Institute, this mm. was the story they told me. There was, a, there was a woman, let's just call her Alice, right? And actually not Alice, let's, let's just say there was a woman. And um, she was showing incredible improvements in her brainwave state. And so the neuroscientist asked her, what, what are you doing? And she goes, I don't know. I'm just forgiving that asshole. And all she was doing in the chamber was forgiving her husband for cheating on her. But the act of forgiveness was causing her brainwaves to go through this incredible evolution more and more and more towards the ideal brainwave state of monks who spent decades in meditation. Forgiveness is that magic 
magic pill. And studies are now showing that forgiveness does so many other things. Um, it improves your your sports ability. It actually improves vertical jump and increases endurance. What? It's crazy, right? University of Israel, forgiveness increases endurance. I think it was Utrecht University, forgiveness improves your vertical jump. I literally had oh a, a Olympian basketball player reach out to me to say, how can I master forgiveness after I shared that study? It helps you sleep better. It improves nervousness. It, it helps resolve nervousness, anxiety. It improves your relationship with everyone around you. But it also seems to transcend space and time and cause the person you're forgiving to go through an awakening or healing. So let me tell you a crazy I believe that. story. Crazy story that, that happened to me. So I was at one of these institutes um, with Dave Asprey. Uh, Dave Asprey, if you don't know him, he's the, the founder of the biohacking movement. Brilliant, brilliant man. He studies everything that has the potential to heal and, and, and transform human beings. So I was there with these, um, this, this group of really high-level people. Obviously, it's an expensive protocol, 15000 for five days, so high net worth individuals. And we were having breakfast in the morning at a nearby inn before we went to the institute for our five-hour-long meditation session. So this was around day three. And this guy comes running down the stairs. Uh, let's just call him Daniel. But he comes running down the stairs, and he's staring at his phone. And I ask, Daniel, is everything Okay. And he goes, my, my, my brother just messaged me. And I go, is everything okay with your brother? He goes, no, you don't understand. I haven't spoken to my brother in, in two and a half years. We rarely talk. So Daniel was 50. And he told me that when he was 10 years old, his brother had sexually assaulted him. And it fucked him up. For decades, he couldn't have a normal, healthy relationship. He could only sleep with with hookers. He needed cocaine. He, he was hooked on cocaine for a large amount of his time. And then he'd made the efforts to become clean, to clean himself up. But he lost decades of his life because of what happened to him. And of course, he hated his brother. He stopped talking to his brother. And Daniel told me that for the last three days, all he was doing in terms of forgiveness was seeking to forgive his brother. Across space and time, his brother did not know what he was doing. But his brother messaged Daniel and sent Daniel a YouTube video that he had recorded. The brother had recorded this YouTube video apologizing for what he did. This happened across space and time. Mm. And the brother had no way of knowing what Daniel, that Daniel was practicing forgiveness. Oof. Wow. And so there's a, there's a healing influence that seems to happen. Now, we can't measure this scientifically. Like in all the scientific studies of forgiveness, they don't talk about this phenomenon because you can't understand what's going on. They talk about how forgiveness improves your biology. It helps you sleep. It can reduce back pain. All of these incredible benefits that you should do, that you should, which means you should do it anyway. But what I've seen, and I've, I've experienced these similar things as Daniel. I've seen people that I forgive message me out of the blue saying, hey, I'm so sorry for what I did. I was an absolute jerk. And it's healing for both them and you. Mm -hmm. 
When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Waze new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Waze seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code HEELSQUAD for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code HEELSQUAD. Trust me, you won't regret it. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) 
<laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. I love how Vision teaches us to embrace vulnerability as the ultimate source of strength. We just got to keep remembering that. Up next, Anne Lamont. For me, I have two brothers and one is two years older than I am. And so to me, surrender means you get your face ground in, in the dirt, you know, surrender in my family because we were left wing intellectuals. You, don't, you never surrender and um, surrender means weakness. And as I developed spiritually, as I evolved in my 20s and then converted in my early 30s and got sober at 32, you learn that surrender is, you know, you put down your weapons and you come over to the winning side, which is the side of goodness and gentleness and, and this trippy love energy that, or this love intelligence or whatever you would call God. Um, you might call God Phil. Whatever it is, it's not your own kind of screwy pinball machine mind. As soon as you come over to the winning side, um, that for me is is when you have a shot at peace of mind and acceptance. The surrender leads to the acceptance. It doesn't mean you have to love it. It's like forgiveness doesn't mean you have to have lunch with the person next week. It's that you accept that something really scary and bad is, is happening or has happened over which you don't seem to have a lot of control and that you're powerless, but you're not helpless. And what I learned at the young age of 23, my dad died when I was 25, and he really was the center of our world. He really was our higher power, um, was that it begins with this kind of radical self-love and this radical self-care and we were raised in the American way. I don't know if it's the same in Greece, but the American way is that you believe that if you just get something that you think is missing, then you're going to be okay, you know, and that there's something that you can achieve, buy, date, um, or discover that will fill the Swiss cheese holes in your soul. Mm -hmm. And the Swiss cheese holes are so big when either you or your most beloved person has a a, a cancer diagnosis, but what you learn spiritually is that we're not hungry for, for more and more and more of what we think we need to get. We're, we're hungry for what we're not giving, and that once we start to give and we become people of service and we get out of ourselves to become people for others, paradoxically, we begin to fill up again, and uh, it's like the font inside of us, the holy water font fills up and we're not running around desperately with our little begging cup trying to get more from the world you know the world did not give me love and peace of mind and the world can't take it from me but i need to remember that it's going to be by sharing what i've been so freely given by giving that i receive i just got the chills everywhere lisa i'm sure you are too oh god it <laughs> was hurting so much i was nodding so much at that that was like, so powerful. It, it's just amazing to think of it in those terms. Like we're hungry for what we're not giving. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like when people call, which they do, um, people I love and they're upset or they feel really empty or freaked out by something. Um, I say, you know what? If you want to have loving feelings, which is let 
to me, heaven. To be filled with loving feelings, right, Maria? Mm -hmm. It's heaven. Um, if you want to have loving feelings, you do loving things. And you do a few anonymously. You know, I'm a Sunday school teacher, and I have a tiny little Sunday school at a failing church with usually three kids of all different ages. And, um, and I have taught them this basic lesson. If you want to feel happy and filled up, let's go outside right now and give away half of the crayons at this. We have tons of crayons. Let's give away crayons to people on the street who have kids. Let's give them, cray let's give them our pencil sharpeners and some colored pencils because it's hard for homeless people to get pencil sharpeners, right? So we start to give away what we have in our class that we've thought made us feel so rich and endowed. We give it away and we get ecstatic. We actually get too happy, right? So, and then if I taught them also during Advent one year that we would every single day, besides trying to give crayons and, pen sharpen and uh, pencils and pencil sharpeners to kids on the street, that we would flirt with really old people because the culture doesn't honor old people, right? They're yep. annoying. You're at Whole Foods and, and you're in the express line and they've got coupons, right? <laughs> <laughs> Please, God, don't ever let me be a person of coupon, couponage. And so, and people, and they don't get noticed. And so I would say to my kids, as we prepare, as we do now for Easter, um, we flirt with old people. We say, you know what? I love your hat. Where'd you get it? Or you say, if you're on the street, is your dog friendly? Can I pet her? She's so pretty. And you just lift other people's spirits and the paradox, because all truth is paradox, is that you're the one that gets happy. Oh, I love flirt with old people. Kelsey is uh, the voice of, of God here. Uh, she's uh, our producer, and she and I shared that. We love old people. Um, I always was the one that sat with the old people. Um, Me too. And Me too. <laughs> Me too. So mm -hmm. I, I like the concept that you're bringing to us to make us more aware of, of something we can do um, in, a, in a kind of grander way, right? Like flirt with old people. I think it's so great. I think of all the people. I, was go I went to the bank yesterday, and... You know, there was like the janitors, that were, you know, and I have such a tight connection because we grew up janitors. So I always make sure I stop and acknowledge and say hello to them. And they're usually like a little confused. And um, but I, I'm going to now really focus on on flirting with old people. I usually will say hello, but now I'm going to I'm going to take it a step further. I love that. Yeah, it's really insane how people don't um, admire um, older people the older generation, if you will, more, because it's like, they're so freaking wise. How many people, yeah. Maria, turn to you and it's like, oh my God, Maria, you've achieved so much. Tell me, tell me, tell me your words of wisdom. And it's like, we have an entire world of humans that have lived 70, 80 years of yeah. learning and failing. And it's like, pick those people's brains. Those people know stuff about life. They know the realities about life. And in, it's like almost like if you had a crystal ball, right? And you could be like, what can I see in the future? They're right there. Ask them. You know, it's if we just lean into it and I, yeah, that flirt with old people, I'm with yeah. you, Maria. Like it's so, it grabs your heart. Yeah. And also another thing um, in Dusk Night Dawn that I wanted to kind of, um, Focus not with you all necessarily, I mean, always I do, but as a theme of this book was that if you don't have, if you don't feel hope, you don't, you feel kind of a shaky hope, let's say, um, that things have usually worked out and maybe they will again, who knows, 
Um, <laughs> but that if you bring the hope to other people, then you're all of a sudden in a sort of gravity field of hope or a force field of hope. So that if you're the one that brings the hope, there's hope. Hey guys, I hope Anne's journey through the realm of radical self-love and authenticity inspires you to confront your past and craft your narrative of healing. Up next is Lewis, and he opens up about his transformative experience with intensive psychological work, showing the profound effect and impact of breaking patterns and spreading empathy. Recalling all the different memories of your past that caused you a blockage or to feel stuck, all happening like 10 years of therapy in five days. And um, it's it blew me away. Wow. It blew me away. So I this? did this here in LA like 10 years ago. And there's different workshops all around the world and different centers that do these types of workshops. But this was the the gateway for me starting to say, oh, okay, I didn't know what it meant to be vulnerable. I was false confidence, false ego, um, acted like I knew it at all, and I had to win and be competitive all the time. That was kind of my default. That's where I felt like I got my value and protection as a man. And I didn't understand the idea of vulnerability. That wasn't something I could do growing up. I couldn't show emotion or cry or say, hey, I feel kind of off. Otherwise, I'd be called some name. So you just had to be, you know, tough or act like you had it all put together. Well, because you were getting so bullied. Yeah. How could you ever have a moment of vulnerability? Yeah. And I didn't have any friends growing up. So it was just kind of like, okay, whatever I can do to fit in. And so 10 years ago, I started being vulnerable for the first time. And I realized how powerful it actually was and, and how healing being vulnerable and being able to express and talk about these things. It took me about a year and a half talking about sexual abuse uh, just because back then I never saw a man that looked like me talk about being sexually abused. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't on TV 10 years ago, like your favorite athlete being like, this happened to me when I was a kid and here's how I've processed it. You just, I just didn't see it. I didn't see it growing up. I didn't see it, you know, when I was in my 20s. Maybe it was out there, but I just didn't see it ever. And I think now we're seeing more and more people talk about these things, which is great. So I think it, it allows for other people to say, oh, you're not wrong and bad. My whole life I just thought I was wrong and bad. And I was trying to cover that up. And, and so this workshop allowed me to re talk about it and release it in certain ways and kind of go back and experience things and forgive and forgive myself and, and all this different stuff. So it kind of opened the gateway for me to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Now I still have lots of things to work on and still get to continue to grow. But that was the gateway that opened up for me. I've been to, you know, you've done every workshop and healing method there is as well. I went to... India five years after that and studied meditation for a few weeks in India. I've done Wim Hof training, which is more mm -hmm. like the physical athlete ice training, meditation. Releasing. Do you still do the breath? I still do the breath. Yeah. yeah. I, I was in the ice tub this morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Mine's getting set up. <laughs> Get it. Get it. It's amazing. It's so healing. Um, and I like that as an athlete. It's like, okay, let me do something physical. Yeah. Cause I truly believe the body does keep the score. Like the book says, and all these emotions were stored in my body. And there was essentially a, a psychological wound that I had yet to mend that just kept open where that anytime someone poked it or said something that I didn't like, it was like, it hurt. It hurt me emotionally, spiritually, and physically. My yeah. body was in pain when I felt taken advantage of or abused. And that was just an interpretation. People weren't necessarily doing that. I just felt they were. So it was all about me learning to heal those psychological and emotional and spiritual wounds and physical wounds that were 
where, where I was being abused. Um, but I'd never addressed it. I just tried to run away from it and try to mask it. And so that opened the gateway for me to explore more therapies, talk therapy, meditation, and learn from all these healers over the last 10 years to continue to heal myself. But two years ago is when I, I met a, I was, I was getting out of a different relationship and I met a therapist and I was just like, I don't know why I keep repeating these patterns in relationships. You know, I'd been in, I don't know, four or five relationships over the last 15 years and they all ended the same way, similar ways. And why was I attracting a certain type of person? Mm-hmm. Not that they're bad and wrong. It's just, <clears throat> it wasn't aligned with me. And so what was it about me? Not about these other people I was with, but about me that was causing me to repeat this pattern. And I just said, I'm sick and tired of repeating this. I'm either going to be single the rest of my life or I'm going to heal this thing and figure it out. And I said, I will do whatever you tell me. I will show up every week. I'll do whatever you tell me. I'll go all in emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. I'm just sick and tired of this. Who did you say this to? Uh, my my therapist and coach. A yeah. talk therapist? Yeah, yeah. And she's been doing this work for about 30 years. And so I, I just said, okay, whatever you tell me, I'll do it. And... Um, and I did it. I mean, I was doing six, seven, eight hour sessions on Saturdays with her. I was just like, you want me to recall my inner child? You want me to have a photo of my five-year-old on my phone and have conversations with him? You want me to do this, call people, write letters, whatever, burn things. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Yeah. And uh, well, you're an athlete. So I know you give me something. I'll be like, I'll do it. You're coachable. So exactly. I had um, a, a friend of mine. He was a, an audio technician at extra. His name is Defari. He's like, you know what I love about you? He's like, you're so coachable. Right. I'm like, I'll do whatever it takes to get better. Mm-hmm. And so I fully identify with that. <laughs> and I was just, I think I was, at that time I was 38 and I just was sick and tired of having pain in my chest. And I go, okay, I feel like I've figured other stuff out. I can be healthy physically. I've got money. You know, I've got whatever, an audience. I've got the things I'm doing that I love. But why do I have this suffering inside? There's got to be solutions. And meditation would help. But it didn't, like, it would help when I would do it. And it would help for a little bit afterwards. But then I'd always go fall back into this pattern of feeling the suffering. And um, so it was, it, was, it was helpful, but it wasn't getting me to the root of healing. And it wasn't until I just did this intense psychological work that I finally was able to heal. I did a beautiful ceremony that that helped me where I was in a meditative state alone. And I imagined my five-year-old self right after he'd been sexually abused. Now, I'd done a lot of the sexual abuse healing already, but I just imagined how confused he was, how sad he was, how uncertain he was, how ashamed he was, how just clueless about why am I even here in this world when this just happened to me? All these thoughts as a five-year-old undeveloped brain. And I had a spiritual conversation with the little Lewis inside of me in front of me. And I sat there and just spoke to myself and said, how does this make you feel? What's going on? How's your body feel? Do you feel loved? What do you need right now? And I just listened to him. Could you audibly hear him talk back? Yeah. And I was like, it's in this kind of like this spiritual meditative state. And I just created this scenario. And I just said, what do you need? What do you? And I recalled the the little boy inside of me. And I just said, this is what I'm feeling. And I never got to say those things to anyone. Because I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell friends. None of that stuff. So I just hit it and ran from it. 
And so I got to, as an adult in the room, speak to my younger versions of self and create. And then I, I hugged him, you know, spiritually, I brought him into my chest and into my heart. And I just felt love and I connected him to where I'm at today. And I just tried to close the circle of the pain and close the, the wound up and start mending it and start mending it spiritually and emotionally and psychologically. And that process, you know, it didn't happen overnight. It took six to nine months of me actually doing this consistently, weekly, coaching, trying different things overcoming myself, having courage, saying what I needed to say and really stop abandoning myself in situations. Cause I was, I was, I would get triggered when others would abuse me, but really I was abandoning self. And so the more I abandoned uh, self, yeah. I kept the wound open. And so I had to learn to stop. Cause you don't have boundaries. They create boundaries with anyone. I said yes to everyone. I said, whatever you need, how can I help you? I'll help you all day long. And then you know, when they would do something that was hurtful, I was like, man, that sucks. And I would still try to help them more. It was just, I'm here to give and let me do whatever you need. And so I've really had to learn how to stop people pleasing, you know, everyone, specifically in intimate relationships. Mm -hmm. I was better in business relationships, but intimacy was really challenging for me. And I had to learn to just say, no, it's not worth being in relationship with anyone if I'm abandoning myself. If they don't accept me for who I am, then we shouldn't be in a relationship. If I have to keep changing who I am, for them to like me or love me or accept me, it's not an aligned harmonic relationship, you know? So that's that's been a journey for me these last two years. Wow. And really saying 100% what I think and feel, no matter what the consequence. That's tough. <laughs> Obviously having discernment and like <laughs> navigating it, you know, oh, consciously, man. but just being like, no, this is the truth and it might hurt you. And it might, you might not like it. And when I was dating Martha, she asked me a bunch of like intimate questions, right? About the past. And I said, are you sure you want the truth? Because everyone that I've been with before could not handle me sharing the truth about whatever, previous relationships or stuff like yeah. that, right? And I go, are you sure? And she goes, yes. I go, I don't think you're gonna be able to handle it because no one has before. They always react or they get emotional, they cry. And then I would give in and be like, okay, well, what can I do? And so I just made a commitment to myself. I go, you know, I'm going to just speak the truth no matter what. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or mariamenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions.